right? Think about yeah. your customer acquisition costs is yeah. way lower, right? right? Think about your lifetime value. It's way higher yeah. because every customer you win is now part of that culture of advocacy. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Tuesday, which means this is our hashtag one big idea episode. In these episodes, you'll hear some of the best big ideas from incredible practitioners, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs within our community. Here we go. Sangram here, uh, another episode of podcast, and I'm really excited because today this podcast is not done over Skype or anything like that. It's actually face-to-face with someone I admire dearly uh, in the MarTech industry, has done phenomenal things. I'm here with Mark Organ. He is the co-founder and uh, CEO of Influitive, but also was the uh, CEO and founder of Eloqua, and so he has done like two really amazing category-leading things, so nobody better than him that has actually done multiple times what it takes to build a category and and the series that we've been talking about mark has really been about why do some companies make it and others don't so before we dive into it love for you to share more about you and your journey and just introduce yourself to the community oh thanks so much Sangam. you're too kind it's great to be here in atlanta in your uh, offices here in buckhead it's, uh, it's beautiful thank you uh, over here really feel the energy here at the uh, the end of the year as you're trying to close a lot of deals <laughs> But yeah, thanks a lot for the introduction. So yeah, I guess best way maybe to define me is sort of serial category creator. I mean, yeah. that's what really my life's work is. I've done a lot of studying about category creation. I find this fascinating. Yeah. Not just about creating a great company, but how do you create an entire ecosystem of companies? And I'm, I'm really proud of the fact that, you know, when you go to the, you know, the Expo Hall in Dreamforce and you'd see uh, Pardot and you'd yeah. see Acton and Marketo and HubSpot and whatnot and all the value that they're creating. And I take some pride in that, right? Because I think it's very exciting that uh, played a small role in uh, enabling that ecosystem to happen. So I think this is what I'm going to do until I keel over. Uh, <laughs> and uh, not because it's easier. It's probably harder being a category It is the creator. hardest thing. Like, you know, it's, it's some of the things that people have asked me as well is, hey, man, why would you go and try to create something that doesn't exist? Why wouldn't you just go into something that exists already? You at least have idea that there are people who want this. Isn't that would be an easier thing to do? My sure wife would. actually my, wa- my wife says it all the time. She's like, why can't you be like all these other founder CEOs yeah. and just like build a knockoff? Yeah. And, you know, three or four years later, it's, it's something big. And, so what's wrong with this? Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. And the world needs, you know, the Marketo to the Eloqua. Yeah. And, and, and I think it makes everybody more successful when you see that. I just don't find it interesting. Right? I mean, I'm... The kind of person that I get attracted by, you know, the bright, shiny objects. Yeah. I need an excuse to get up in the morning every day and go to work because yeah. I get literally I get an idea every day <laughs> of another company I could run. Right. It takes a lot of self-discipline for me to stay focused on a company. So the only way I can stay focused on a company for years, and these do take years. You're right. I mean, Eloqua took 12 years to go public from the wow. time where it was founded. Yeah. Uh, we're coming on seven years at Influitive. This is probably going to be also 10 to 12 right. before we have our, you know, an exit. That's a long time. Yeah. Right? So you better have a mission yeah. that you are truly excited about. And our mission at Influitive, I get goosebumps when I think about it. Right. It's so exciting to me. We are truly changing the world because I – hate bad products and services. I hate them. Right. Right. And the great thing is because 
we're in a much more of an advocate world and it's becoming more and more of an advocate facing world every day. I have less bad products and services yeah. to work with. We're going off for dinner tonight at South City Kitchen. Right. It has amazing reviews. Yeah. Right on Yelp, I, we would never have found it otherwise, yeah. right? But so Yelp has you know revolutionized the way that we find restaurants. And TripAdvisor has done the same thing, you know, for hotels, and you know, great software, same thing. Like we don't choose any software, right? Unless we know there's tons of the right people that are advocating for it. Yeah. So we're helping to create an advocate-centric world at Influitive, and it's something that, again, I think that will truly make the world a better place, and it's why I'm excited. So I think one of the re- one of the things that I think you need for a company to be truly successful is there needs to be a strong why there. Right. And that's what true whether you're a category creator or not a category yeah. creator. Okay. Even yeah. if you're not, and I saw the original Marketo deck. Uh, I saw <laughs> it after I left Eloqua. Yeah. At a VC, show me the, show me the original Marketo deck. Wow. And there was like Eloqua with a, in a bullseye. <laughs> and you know what? That's fine. That was good. That's fine. Yeah. Right. And that's their mission. And if that's what got those guys excited, which is like, we're going to do everything that Elko does, but better, yeah. better, faster and cheaper. And if that mobilizes, motivates people, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Right? That's not what gets me excited. Right? right. What gets me excited is being an explorer and being able to create an entire world where multiple people and companies can succeed and thrive. Yeah. I don't know. I don't believe in an afterlife, man. Like I think (laughs) when we die, we die. And while we're here, we should make an impact, right? We should do something that we can look back on our lives and we should be proud. We should be able to go to our grandchildren, great-grandchildren and say, you know, we did this. Yeah. We didn't created this. The world's different because we're here. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's probably a longer introduction. Than no, you that that <laughs> is amazing. And so Nikki, uh, Nikki Nixon on, on the team, she always says something uh, which really reminds me of, of this conversation and, and the, the line that you're actually going on is like, we always want to ask this question once, if not often, that what is the story that we're writing? Yep. Because it really matters. And, really, really matters. Right? Like, because nobody out there, you know, uh, like you know, 20 years or 30 years from now would, would probably remember of like one or the other, like, you know, 50 other things that you're proud of. They're going to remember of like what change you created that didn't exist before. And it goes back to Steve Jobs' biggest thing, right? When he said that once you realize that the world is created of people that are no smarter than you, just like you, you know, all of a sudden it flips over. It doesn't have to be this way. We can create and do that. So I think everything that you're saying kind of speaks to that idea of everyone needs to pick up the mantle that they want to run for and and be able to say what story they want to write and start there. Yeah, it's a great one, right? Jeff Bezos has people write the press release and Sometimes I get uh, I've raised a lot of money in my right. career. So how I much have you raised? A total of eighty four million wow. I'm like between two companies. Yeah, and I raised in every way possible. I mean, crowdfunding, yeah. angels, you know, really horrible angels, um, <laughs> which is a whole other kind of financing. You know, employee financing, debt financing, big VCs, small VCs. I've raised it, um, and I often get uh, people asking, you know, so how do you raise money? Like, yeah, that's the thing. I said, well, here's the first thing I want you to do. I want you to go and get six Hollywood movies. Mm-hmm. I want you to get an action flick, a rom-com, a biography, <laughs> you know, a blah, a blah, a blah. Yeah. And I want you to go and write down what you've learned by watching these movies. What do they all have in common? Yeah. Right? And like, I don't get it. I need help raising money. And I'm like, no, this is the most important thing. <laughs> you got to get down. Because, you know, investors, while they may look like they're real serious dudes. Yeah. At the end of the day, they're human beings. Right. And they make decisions with the reptilian part of their brain. Yeah. It's an ancient part of the brain that has no language yeah. associated with it. It has only emotion. Right. And humans make their decisions with emotion. True that. And if you cannot move them, 
If you cannot make them feel joy and pain and fear and elation and all of those things, you will not raise money. Right? Um, wow. So the story is very important. And so, yeah, my story has got all of that. Yeah. It's got a hero. It's got a villain. Yeah. It's got multiple villains. <laughs> it has joy. It has pain. It has yeah. triumph. It has yeah. all of that. And you've got to move people through that story. And, um, you know, that's why I've been reading lately that, uh, you know, there's a resurgence of the liberal arts people, which yeah. I'm not. I'm yeah. actually a scientist by background. But there's a resurgence of these people. And I think this is why I think technical aptitude is becoming more commoditized. Out right. There, right. You're seeing, right. you know, I mean, even AI and we're in Toronto is like the land of AI. Now, right. right? <laughs> um, and, and it's increasingly being commoditized, increasingly available as a service that you just yeah. plug into. Yeah. Right. But this ability to go and tell a really compelling story uh, is not a commodity at all. Right. It's actually relatively rare. So uh, I totally agree with you. On that. I, I love that. And, you know, before we started talking about it, you said something that was very, very profound to me. You said that you have taken the time to connect with every one of your customers. And that is a profound, like a big idea. I don't think anybody really does that anymore. They kind of leave it up to all the other people to do it. Tell me the reason why you as a founder, as a CEO, felt the need to do that. And more importantly, like, why should everybody think about doing it? Yeah, no, I'm so glad I did this. I can't believe I didn't do this before. <laughs> I mean, it's... You did yourself on the head. I can't point. believe it. Yeah. Like, it's just so obvious, right? I mean, why wouldn't you connect to everybody in your key, like, most important accounts? Yeah. So I think at first, and so just... So, listeners know what we did. It's very simple. Yeah. Between me and my assistant, yep. we sent connection messages to all the key people in our customers. Right. If I wasn't connected to them, we'd send a connection request. If we already are connected, we'd send a message like, hi, we're Influitive. We power your advocate marketing community. Right. In case you didn't know us. <laughs> And actually, quite a few people at C-Suite didn't know who we were. Right. Isn't I'm, that itself a big idea right there, right? It's like, how do you essentially expand it within that account to make sure that people know who you are? Right. And, and that matters when it comes to like renewals and all those things. For sure. Yeah. Renewals and, and what's probably most important is making sure that we're driving true strategic value for the customer. That was part of yeah. the message. My job is to make sure that we deliver strategic value for you, not just a tactical value that you know, the people report to you are interested in. And secondly, yeah, I'm here to help. If you're ever not getting the value that you think you should get, yep. uh, I will fix it, right? Um, so very much a, a customer service kind of message. So yeah. that, that's where the message was. It was very service oriented, which at the roots is what I am. I'm a service person by background. Right. And so it's a very natural kind of role for me. But the connections didn't just go up to the C-suite. It would also go to the regular users. And I got so many people saying, wow, I can't believe the CEO of the company actually is interested in me and what yeah. I do. And I'm like, yeah, we're very interested in you what you do. <laughs> but then also connecting with senior people. So it's, I think it started first kind of tactically oriented. Right. We were thinking, well, like, there were so many times where accounts would come up for renewal and they were not forecasted to renew. In many cases, we had key people in the buying center that were no longer there. The person mm -hmm. who brought us in is no longer there. Mm -hmm. There's a new person that's in there. Nobody knows who they are. Mm -hmm. And so I would say, okay, I'll, let me see what I can do to help. And mm -hmm. I wouldn't be connected to that person. Right. And so, you know, after a while, I was like, w w why am I not connected to this person? Yeah. And that would make total sense. Um, and then the light bulb went off and just said, you know, we should just do this on mass. We just yeah. do this for literally every customer we have. And every time we sign up a new customer, we say, this is just part of what we do here. That's part of the process. It's part of the process, right? That I will personally go and connect yep. to everyone in, in the buying center. Oh, the other reason why yeah. this is really important All right. um, is that probably like you, 
the best leads we ever have mm -hmm. are when we have a successful customer that you moves on to another company. Right, right, right. And so because I've been connected to more people than my peers in my company, yeah. I get these notifications like, notifications yeah. saying, you know, hey, uh, you know, Joe Smith has now moved over here. Yeah. And I would send a quick little note, hey, congratulations. You yeah. know, consider an advocate program for your first hundred days to yeah. make a real splash. Yeah. Right? My favorite message to, that to is somebody, awesome. you know, because yeah. everyone worries, everyone worries. So uh, one time in my life, I actually was a CMO. Yeah. It <laughs> lasted about five weeks. <laughs> I really, I'm unemployable. Okay. <laughs> but I remember how scary it was being a new CMO, just yeah. as you. Right? Yeah. No, man. And it, it was frightening. Yeah. Um, you have a whole new management team and a board and like new product to learn and and you know that all eyes are on you. Yeah, and you have to start reporting immediately of what you're doing, like the first thirty days. First thirty days, they want to know what's going on because yeah. you know CEO wants to know if you're a keeper. Or yeah, not, right. I remember how stressed I was. <laughs> And I remember how much I was looking for a signature initiative yeah. that would not be that hard to implement but would drive value right away. Right. So that's the way I've sort of positioned it to yeah. people to say, first 100 days, you know, this is something you should consider. Yeah. And we've landed deals in like, I don't know, two weeks where normally our sales cycle can last three, four months yeah. long. And like, why are we doing this everywhere? Yeah. Um, so that's really what sort of kicked it off. And now everyone in my company, the reps, yeah. all the leaders, we're all connecting everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's awesome. The more people are connected, the more stronger the bond is, the better the network is. So it yeah. makes 100% sense. So I'm going to take that as a big idea. And like, everybody needs to be doing Thanks. that. I, I think everyone should, honestly, everyone needs to do this. Yeah. I mean, I cannot believe how valuable yeah. this has been. And it's different just for people to kind of know. It's different than when a sales rep essentially connects and does a pitch. This is not what we're talking about. That's the bad thing that's happening on LinkedIn right agreed, now. Agreed. Uh, of like, as soon as somebody gets connected, you get a pitch. This is like connecting with some genuine excitement around your own company, your own product, and trying to help them. Yeah. And coming from a very different level than a rep might be trying to do at any given level. So it, it's not a bait and switch. It's really genuinely caring for your customers and trying to make sure that there's value in the process. Yeah, and absolutely. And this is a big, I mean, this is where I really see marketing evolving to. And I think I've seen some stuff that you've written too, which is a much more human form yeah. of marketing, right? right? Where I think we've had a lot of machine marketing you know, for the last whatever 10, 15 years, and of course, it's partially my fault and your fault. We all have so done that. Sort of thing. But, you know, I think just people are craving that human connection. Yeah. We've got to figure out how to do it at some level of scale. Yeah. You know, which I think we have, like, this whole LinkedIn campaign, you know, uh, has been quite well scaled up. You know, yeah. I've not had to do a lot of work. A lot of it was done by my EA. We have a little automation that's happening behind the scenes. I reply personally to all the people who come back to me. Yeah. Um, but, I think that's where things are going. I think we've got to figure out how to enable more truly authentic relationships, yep. more trust, and be able to do that at scale. And I think that's what the next 10 years are going to look like. Man, I love that. So let's talk about your new book. So it was funny. We, you know, Mark came in and he kind of shared his book, which is like launched literally a couple of months ago, right? Yeah. And it's called The Messenger is the Message. And then I, at the same time, I'm like, man, I got to do this thing yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I handed over him my book for the account-based marketing. So we'll, we'll put a photo up uh, a little bit later. Uh, but tell us about the book. What is the big idea about this book? So the big idea behind this book is that the future really belongs to those organizations that market effectively by proxy instead of directly. Okay, and that I Say believe that again. the market by proxy, to market through trusted affiliates or associates. Right. So it's not you talking about it and, and making exactly. that we are the greatest. It's the market saying that they are the greatest. Exactly, right? And to be able to do that systematically. Right. right? And, and I think... 
you know, the big idea is not that word of mouth is good. I mean, we all know that yeah. word of mouth is great, right. right? The big idea behind a book is that some companies have figured out how to do this systematically, right. that have built a culture around customer advocacy. They built a culture around delighting customers and mobilizing them as their primary business strategy. That is how they go to market. And these companies also happen to be some of the most successful in the world. Yeah. Uh, so in the book, I talk about uh, some iconic companies like Lego yeah. that was uh, near bankruptcy in 2003, uh, now is the most profitable toy company in the world. Wow. And they've done that through their customer communities. That's, yeah. how, that's where all their innovation comes from. Tesla doesn't spend a dime on traditional marketing or, yeah. or, or sales. They have very robust advocate programs. Um, and a lot of our customers in the B2B area, uh, like Ceridian that staffs their booths with their advocates instead of sales reps. Right. Um, like a number of our customers where MuleSoft that's had seven books published by their advocates. Wow. Uh, HP, which has their blog mainly written by their advocates. They've had eBooks that have a conveyor belt all the way from ideation to distribution that happens via their customer advocates. These are really revolutionary companies and you're really seeing the results, the financial results that they're generating are there. And it makes sense because yep. if you have an army of people that are doing a lot of the sales and marketing for you, yep. right, you're... You've got to mobilize them. You've got to leverage them. Yeah. Well, think about your CAC, right? Think about yeah. your customer acquisition costs is yeah. way lower, right? right? Think about your lifetime value. It's way higher yeah. because every customer you win is now part of that culture of advocacy. Imagine if it was just understood that for every Terminus customer, if yeah. you become a Terminus customer, it's expected that you're going to advocate for us. We're right. going to make you happy. Yeah. We're going to drive value for you. Yeah. In return, you're going to pay us a little bit of money. Yeah. Not a lot, a little yeah. bit of money. Yeah. Small fraction of the yeah. value, great. Yeah. But what you're going to do is you're going to help us grow. Yeah. Not, not by buying more from us. Yeah. But you're going to help us grow by telling your story, yeah. by generating referral, by writing reviews, by helping us build our customer culture. Right. Right. The culture is going outside of the walls of these companies. Right? That is a, such an interesting thing, right? Mm -hmm. I have not heard anybody talk about customer culture and I, I want to dig into that because you, everybody talks about your culture and like you are the brand that you're trying to put out there but you're talking about something very interesting is like you got to think about the customer culture yeah I think it's the culture of the movement same thing you know when you build a company and I know you talk a lot about the importance of culture right culture is my own definition of it is yeah. just the way things work around here which right. is my simple definition for it. It's how we run our meetings, how we hire people, how we all that, you know, and tied to mission, vision, values, all that kind yeah. of thing. You know, but your movement also has that, right? You know, how do those people behave? What kinds of people are we looking for in terms of our customer culture? Yeah. And it's really important. It's really important for a company to understand that, especially if you're trying to build a category. Yeah. Because every company, yours included, and mine, and any decent company, is built. Yeah by customers who are investing their time and reputation without any compensation yep. to you. Yeah, to absolutely. To they're, they're putting their jobs on the line to essentially make sure that so they it better work for them. And if it works, they're going to tell everybody else. And you don't even have to pay them or you don't have to even ask them. They're going to start doing that. Yeah, they're going to make it their mission to do yeah. that. right? That's why we call them you know, missionaries instead of mercenaries. Right? Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. So yeah. these are people who uh, – and, and I think if you're built back to full circle, to category creation, I mean that's – I believe that you know categories are actually created by customers. They're not created by marketing departments. Right. And who are those people? Well, those are the same people who 
probably flock to religions yeah. and other, you yeah. know, and pseudo religions like yoga, CrossFit, yeah. Yeah. Um, whatever else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they burn, are burning, burning man, burning you know, man, like, like hot same, yoga. It's the same sort of thing, yeah. right? These are people who want to believe, want yeah. to believe in a cause. And those are the people we want to be able to discover those people, to nurture them, and to, yeah. be able to mobilize them to go and do more things. And it's really those people that help build our movement, that help build the, yeah. the, the categories that we're in. That's so awesome. that's what the book's about. The book's about how to do that. And, you know, again, lots of great examples. It goes, uh, goes into the psychology of advocates. So my background's in neuroscience. I was a PhD yeah. in neuroscience a long time ago. Wow. And I've still retained a fascination <laughs> with what motivates human beings to do things. And now it all connects, yeah. right? You talked about emotions when you talk about investment yeah. tech. You didn't talk about, hey, here's the P&L and the financial statement and how we're going to grow. It's like, no, no, no. Yeah. Let's connect to the emotional human. And now it kind of connects. I'm connecting the dots there. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, even I didn't connect those dots. That's very interesting. (laughs) Yeah, but I do believe that those metrics, which, so Jeffrey Moore, who wrote the foreword to this book and also was a keynote speaker at AdvoCamp, he talks about this concept of power metrics and performance metrics. Yeah. And what power metrics are, are a lot of, well, more softer metrics of basically knowing if your category is getting traction or not. Yeah. And those are things like, you know, your win rates, your, you know, sales cycle length, but even things like how many people show up to your user conference, right? The strength of your ecosystem, you know, this sort of thing. Like, for example, we asked the question of people who attended AdvoCamp, which is our conference was three weeks ago, which was, what was your impression of Influitive before and after this conference? What was your impression of advocate marketing, which is our category, before and after the conference? And we saw a big lift and that's power. Yeah. Right. So basically the power of our message in our category is building. Yeah. And that does translate into like, again, your sales cycle is shorter, your win, your win rate is higher, your ecosystem is better. That starts to translate more into those P&L yep. type of metrics. Yep. I love that, man. I think so. I want to kind of uh, get to the final point here of category building and kind of get it back to the full circle. I read this and I know that, and I think we've done the same thing with Flip My Funnel and and Terminus is you invited your competitors to come speak at your conference, right? Or, and and try to build the early part of the category building. How crazy is that? And why did you do that? Yeah, I say, I don't think it's crazy at all. I think it makes all the sense in the world when you're that small. In fact, we did it again this year. So our diamond sponsor here is Trust Radius, which we cooperate with them. We we have partners together, but we still compete too, right? Because we're both competing for advocate marketing dollars. We have services that are similar in terms of the value they provide. And they were our diamond sponsor. And they were on stage like talking about, you know, why you should really (laughs) focus on reviews first and stuff like that. But we celebrate that. I think it's great because at our stage, right, or not our stage, at the category stage, at the category stage, there's way more money to be made by having it become part of everyone's must-have list than to scrap over some little piece of the pie, which is something you understand because you're creating consortia, which include companies that compete with you. Yep, all day long. Um, And that makes sense. And you're seeing the benefit of that, right? Where ABM is really becoming something that I think a lot of marketers feel they have to have. And I think there's a lot of value that. Now, you know, next you've got to make sure that if they're going to invest in ABM, you want to make sure they invest in you. Right. And, And I think that's what makes category creations the most difficult. So the most difficult thing with category creation is that you've got to market the category and right. your company right. at the same time. And when you're a startup, that's hard because Very you have hard. only so many dollars, yeah. I think, to go around. But that said, I still think you know, you're going to get more than your share. If you're doing a good job of thought leadership and whatnot and you really 
do you know kind of what we did in this book like you won't see influitive anywhere on this book right you won't see influitive really anywhere around advocate it's about advocate marketing and we genuinely do believe we are happy if companies are buying in advocate marketing even if they're buying our competitors things yeah we're happy people we're happy you know that is such a big idea i don't think most people think about it that way and that's exactly what flip my funnel like you know we have done like 10 conferences now in the last two and a half years like literally a couple of mm -hmm. months like spreading the gospel of abm mm -hmm. if you will going city to city and we have a ton of other people sponsor it and we continue to do that and it's not when you come to a flip my funnel conference you would never see like a big giant terminus thing it's like we are one of the sponsors and one of the speakers right. But there are not that many companies who do that. Like, tell me another company that does what you did and what we're trying to do out there. There are a couple. Uh, you know, I, I think I think HubSpot's inbound conference is similar. The conference that we took as inspiration for ours yeah. is a conference called the Business of APIs. Which okay. Is, Mastery did this conference, yep. and and I think it was very successful. And that's really so we were Started inspired by that, and I think yeah, very successful. Like they were successful in convincing CIOs that. Yep. You know, APIs are the future, and that's what you should be APIing all of their services and whatnot. And uh, and I think they, you know, earn some of the crumbs off the table. Yeah. And, you know, if the table's big enough and there's a big enough meal, those yeah. crumbs are significant. Significant, man. It's big. Um, so I think there are a few that have done it. I think the reason why you don't see more of it is that it is hard. It can Dancing. be expensive. Yep. But one way to make it a lot cheaper. Yeah. Is if you get your advocates to do more of that talking for you. Yeah. Right? And, and so I really do believe that it's even more important when you're building a category to have these proxies yep. that are doing that communication for you. They're the people that end up talking about your company. Right. So the way I think it ought to work, right, is that if you're the category creator, is you rarely talk about yourself. Right. You talk about the category and why it's so important, like in this book, how to mobilize customers and unleash the power of advocate marketing, right? right? That's exactly what this book's about. And then you have the other people who are talking about you. Right. So we're hosting a dinner tonight, which we're yeah. going to attend to. I will not talk about Influitive tonight. Right. But I have a couple of my customers that are right. talking about Influitive tonight. Yeah. Um, it's the best way to do it. It's a lot more effective when you do it that way. Man, I love it. So here are kind of wrapping up. Here are the few things that I kind of took notes on. One is category building is hard. But when done right, it pays big dividends, like in a big time. And it's probably the most fun thing to do. So I love that. And I love the fact that you're a neuroscientist mm -hmm. or, you know, and, and trying to do all these things. It's pretty awesome. The book, The Messenger is the Message, is a really good one. I have a hard copy with me here. So I'm going to start reading it. So if you want to go get it, I'm sure you can find it on Amazon. And the really, really, really big idea of all of it is that use LinkedIn to connect with every one of your customers today. Get your executive team involved in it to get connected. It's no longer a job of a salesperson or or somebody who's like way down on the food chain. It's like everybody from the executive team needs to get on this thing and start connecting. So, Mark, it was such a pleasure to have you yeah. uh, at the Terminus office and, and go through this podcast. It's freaking awesome. Hey, glad to be here. Thanks, right, man. Thank you so yeah. much. Right. Flip My Funnel is on a mission to build the largest and most engaged community of B2B professionals in the world. Join the movement at flipmyfunnel.com. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.